Welcome to the Poetry Exchange. I'm Michael Schaefer. If you heard our first episode, you'll know that we've been exploring the idea of poems as friends. We've been inviting people to come and talk to us about a poem that's been a friend to them. And in exchange, we create a gift for them, a reading of the poem that's been inspired by the conversation in some way. We've created this podcast as a way of sharing these conversations with more people. And with the kind permission of our visitors, we're able to do that. If you want to read the poem as you're listening, you can do so by pressing the little information button within your podcast app. This week's episode was recorded at the Wise Words Festival in Canterbury in September this year at the Greyfriars Chapel. And you'll be hearing about I Am Like a Rose by D.H. Lawrence, the poem that's been a friend to Mary Ann. Marianne, I am just so pleased that we've actually got the chance to do this. It's 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 really lovely. Yes, yes. <laughs> nice to have this opportunity. Yes. Yeah. So lovely. I want, Marianne, would you mind reading it? I am like a rose. I am myself at last. Now I achieve my very self. I with the wonder mellow, full of fine warmth. I issue forth in clear and single me, perfected from my fellow. Here I am, all myself. No rose bush heaving its limpid sap to culmination has brought itself more sheer and naked out of the green in stark clear roses than I, to myself, am brought. So when did you first come across the poem? Um, it was comparatively recently. Um, it was probably about three or four years ago. But I mean, I, I've always been... Uh, D.H. Lawrence has always been one of my favourite authors, uh, mainly for his fiction, and I discovered his poetry later. But this poem I read um, for the first time, I think, probably... It must have been... Yes, it must be about three and a half years ago. It coincided with the time when... I actually lived on my own for the very first time, which is quite something when you're in your early 50s. And for the very first time in my life, I could be me. And I read this poem and I thought, this poem has been written for me. And it also happens that I've always been very passionate about roses, um, especially the old roses. I'm fascinated by their history and um, just everything about it. It spoke to me. What a wonderful, wonderful thing that this this arrived at that moment so perfectly for you with so many connections to it. Where were you when you when you read it first? Can you remember? You yes, read? I was actually in uh, in my flat. As I say, it's the first place that I'd lived on my own. I, um, for the first time, I could make this space my own space. Um, I could have what I wanted, where I wanted it. It was completely my space and it was, there was no one to scold me or criticise me for anything I did there. I could, I could just do and say what I wanted. It was my space and I just stood there and read that poem and it just shivers, you know, mm -hmm. down my spine because it was just, it was just a, one of those moments where it just seemed so, mm -hmm. so apt. Because I'd, I'd previously had these, um, I'd had the complete poems of D.H. Lawrence before, mm. and um, 
ended up having to sell them. But uh, I'd just got the two volumes back again and uh, I was looking through them and I found that poem. So I was just so thrilled that it just seemed, seemed one of those things, if you believe in fate, that it was meant to be. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Can I ask, um, this is sort of off of the poem, really. Yes, of course. But, um, did you find that difficult to kind of almost identify what it was you wanted, having been used always or for, for a long time to having been in a relationship, or was it sort of almost quite quickly just quite liberating, going, oh, I can, I don't um, have to worry about it. Uh, I think it, it took me a while to get used to the fact that I didn't have to I didn't have to consider anyone else's opinion before I bought something or did something. And, but as soon as I did, it was very liberating. Uh, it took me quite a while, and all of a sudden I, I thought, no, you know, I, if, I want, if, I, if, I, if I afford it, if I want it, I will, I will have it. And I also thought, from now on, if there's anything I'm really not enjoying or don't want to do, I'm not going to do it. And that was very liberating as well. And uh, because I've always, uh, as I say, my passion of, uh, for roses, it, I, so I regard it almost like my symbol. So at any time where I feel that I'm being pressurised to do something I don't want to do, I, I almost think I am like a rose, you know, I am a rose. I am this person. I am myself. Because yeah, it's taken me a, a, a long time to be confident, I suppose, and um, as soon as I had the confidence to say no and, and not give in for a quiet life, then um, that was very liberating. So, uh, and I think all the time, before I was on my own, for a long time I sort of lived in my head the sort of life I'd like to live if I was my own person. So I did have some idea of what I'd like to do, but even so, when I... It, it, it took a while to adjust to the fact that I could actually do that yeah. once I was free, yes. Yeah. I, I loved what you said about reading it and thinking, well, this has been written for me. I mm. mean, that, that sort of, you know, really profound kind of connection into a poem, which mm. can, can happen, but, you know, it's quite rare in a way that you really get that real kind of, yes. as if somehow something happens across history yes. and time and space between that poet and... And then thinking, no, this is actually yes. just for me, coming to me now. And that must have been a wonderful feeling. Oh, it was, absolutely. But the, the, but the strange thing was that, uh, in a way, I had to separate the poem from the author because mm. although I'm, um, I say Dietrich is one of my favourite authors and I've read lots of um, biographies of him, I don't think he was... He really wasn't a very nice person in many respects... And yet he was able to write this poem. I, th I think he wrote it, actually, um, more about himself. Because I think although he... I think he loved his wife very much, he, because he was a very passionate person, he felt things very deeply, and unfortunately he expressed them in a physical way sometimes um, towards her in a very negative way. But um, he had an awful lot to cope with the fact that he married... obviously married... Uh, uh, she'd left her marriage to marry him. She'd left her children. Also, during the First World War, they were alienated because she was German. And he also basically turned his back on his his background and his family to pursue his dream as a writer. And um, I think 
there was a point in his life where he felt that he he felt truly himself. You know, he'd surmounted all, the pro all these problems, or he felt he had, and, uh, and and I think he was probably writing it at that time because he's written quite a lot of poems about roses. Um, most of them are very sensual poems. There's one called Gras de Dijon, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, and it's like he's describing um, a Renoir painting of a woman drying herself after her bath. This is in here, actually, it's a wonderful sensual poem. But this one is different to the others, I feel. Mm. And of all the poems he's written about roses, I say this was the one that was my poem. Yeah, mm, absolutely. It really is your poem. Mm. Oh, it is. And the timing of it coming into your life. Had it come into your life when you were 25 or something, I, I, mm. I think maybe you would have connected to it, but not in the profound way that you seem to have with this now. <laughs> yes, I think I would have read it and thought, that's how I'd like to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I read it and yeah. I thought, yes, I, that is how I am now. So uh, the, the last line of the first stanza, and single me perfected from my fellow, it, it's, it's an acceptance of, of you as you are, being different from everyone else. But being different is okay. You know, it's yeah. not wrong. It's you know, you're you're perfect for being different, mm. for being an individual. Um, it's like an affirmation of of that. Can you um, tell me what you understand by the um, my very self? I with the wonder mellow, full of fine warmth. For me, that it felt as though being able to look at the world anew through, through the eyes of being just myself, being able to think for myself and enjoy the world just as myself and not as part of something else or being, or being able to keep that enjoyment separate because I couldn't share it with anyone else. But I could actually enjoy the world as I wanted to enjoy it and... Uh, and express that. It almost, it almost sounds slightly how you feel when, when you've had a couple of glasses of wine. Mm. And, you, you know, sometimes it can make you a bit more talkative. And uh, mm. uh, some people don't like that. But uh, when you're on your own, it doesn't matter. You know, you can be like that. It's yeah. lovely. You can say do what you want. So the second stanza, here I am all myself. No rose bush heaving its limpid sap to culmination has brought itself more sheer and naked out of the green in stark clear roses than I to myself am brought. I think he's saying that of all, well, if, if, he's, if he's still using roses as a metaphor, of, of all the rose bushes, if, he, if he's seeing himself as a rose bush, he's, he's saying that his rose bush has produced the most beautiful, clear and individual roses. That, that's the way I, re I read yes, it. Yes, that yes. He's the rose of all roses. Yes, yeah. that's it, yes. And he's, they all go through the, the, the stage of um, the sap rising to the buds and then the buds opening to the roses. And obviously that takes a season to do. You know, roses, like all living things, have their struggles. And everyone goes through their struggles, but he has produced stark clear roses, and whereas others may produce roses that uh, don't don't fully open or whatever. But uh, in other words, he he has gone through it all, and he is him, mm. his clear self. I mean, it's it's just brilliant, isn't it? How much 
you know, how much is offered up in that simple, it's limpid sap to culmination, heaving its limpid sap to culmination, mm. has immediately, you know, kind of catalyzed your use of the word struggle there, which is such a great kind of image of how living things are a symbol to us of what is a daily thing. And yeah. so I'm interested about your connection to roses. So when did, when did that begin for you, this, this passion? Um, well, it was through my mother because she became very passionate about roses, particularly the old roses. And um, at the time she had quite a large garden and gradually started to put together a collection of very old roses. And she was very good at flower arranging as well. So uh, it was just wonderful to have these, these beautiful things around. And, um, but I've just started to grow them again because uh, um, I, I moved to a flat where I was able to have a garden and I started to grow roses in pots and I, I spent a long time sort of researching the history of them and the types of roses and uh, if, you, if you are interested in roses it's just an endless, <laughs> endless yeah. source of, of uh, intrigue and information and uh, yeah. <laughs> and do you think when you were perhaps particularly when you you had your mother's garden and do you think some of the kind of significance of the rose that is named and expressed here was maybe you were maybe communing with that in some way. Oh yes definitely I think so yes absolutely yes Mm. I'm sure of that yes Mm. yes. Mm. Sort of in that time of struggle Mm. nurturing these beautiful things that were trying to grow and struggle. Yes yes Mm. yes I'm uh, yes there's definitely a connection there yeah. You know, the basic idea for this project is the idea of a poem that's been a friend mm. to you. But what sort of friend would you categorise this poem as? I, well, I would say it's a very close, a close friend because it is some. It's, it's like a, a friend who is, who is has so much in common with myself, uh, so as to be almost like a almost like a blood relative, if you like. Mm. You know, because it's. Um, the connection is mm. is is deeper than just the the words, if you like. Um, I mean, the other thing that's just so interesting about it, and I feel sort of inspired by by meeting you and having the time to talk about this poem, you know, is that of course, as as an image, the rose is massively associated with you know romance and love mm. and you know, connection to other and Mm. sexual connection and all those things, which, of course, remains and is a gorgeous thing, but but it's just so wonderful to have this other kind of celebration of the symbol being to do with, you know, kind of loving yourself, really, I suppose, and sort of adopt that that symbol that's been sort of located Mm. entirely in that kind of couple romantic world and sort of actually bring it just for you. I can claim it as my own, yes. I really like that. Thanks so much for for sharing it with us. My my pleasure. Thank you for for listening. I can see Michael running off to his garden centre as soon as we've finished. Wonderful. (laughs) Yes, yes, good. (laughs) I am like a rose. I am myself at last. Now I achieve my very self. I, with the wonder mellow, full of fine warmth, I issue forth in clear and single me, perfected from my fellow. 
Here I am, all myself. No rosebush heaving its limpid sap to culmination has brought itself more sheer and naked out of the green in stark clear roses than I, to myself, am brought. That was Fiona Bennett with the reading at the end and it was myself and Fiona talking to Mary Ann. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please tell your friends and press subscribe to make sure you get every episode as it becomes available. There'll be another one along in about a week's time. If you want to find out more about the work we're doing or get in touch with us, you can find us at thepoetryexchange.co.uk. Thank you for listening. <laughs>